Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I'm a hypnotherapist and a coach and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and the new book, Brave New Girl. And this is a Brave New Girl edition of the podcast. And it's all about helping you to become your calmest, happiest, and most confident and courageous self. So this week, I'm talking to Zana Van Dyke, who is someone that I wanted to talk to for quite some time. And we've seen a lot of stuff in the news recently with Extinction Rebellion and David Attenborough talking a lot about climate change and so it's more and more at the front of our minds and I'm also hearing a lot about eco-anxiety and how that is on the rise as well and this podcast is really about being brave enough to face the reality of things and to speak up about what we believe in even in the face of criticism And it's really about how we can start to choose action over anxiety. Because so often we have a tendency to ruminate over things or get paralyzed by the enormity of an issue and we feel unable to actually do anything about it. But this is really about how we can channel our care and our concern, which is valid, into action to make a real change. And if you are struggling with eco-anxiety, I'm afraid this podcast episode is not necessarily going to reassure you as such. It's not going to say to you, you know, everything's going to be okay, just relax, don't worry. I'm afraid that isn't the case. So if you really are struggling with eco-anxiety, might, I mean, maybe listening to this isn't the right thing for you right now. This is a call to action for all of us. And it's about what we can do to change the situation and how we can channel our anxiety into making a change, not just getting paralyzed by fear and worry and feeling helpless. And, you know, it takes real courage to face up to things and to question our own behaviors. And some of the things that we discuss in this episode might feel quite confronting for you and really encourage you just to listen with an open mind and know that it's not about making any of us wrong because no one is doing this perfectly no one is making no impact on the climate we are all having an impact on the climate no matter how often we use a reusable coffee cup and so be very kind to yourself and this is just an invitation for all of us to educate ourselves so that we can take some action and so I talked to Zana about 
how to raise issues about the environment with other people and having the courage to have those difficult conversations. And actually, this is applicable to any kind of difficult conversations that you might want to have with friends or family members that maybe don't hold the same views as you. And and Zana has had a lot of experience in doing this. We talk about what action, what specific action we can take to help our planet and help the environment. And Zana also really bravely shares an interesting example of how she's come under criticism and had, you know, dozens of really quite aggressive messages on her Instagram and how she has handled that and and turned that around. And I thought it was a really beautiful example of how she did this. And so don't forget, you can download a free anxiety busting toolkit at karmau.com forward slash free. And I'd love to hear what you think of this episode over on Instagram. You can find me at Chloe Brotheridge. So let's get into the episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sweaty Betty. With beautiful and high-performance activewear from bum sculpting leggings to supportive sports bras, Sweaty Betty has you covered for every single sport. From the gym to the yoga studio to, let's face it, relaxing or working from home, you will often find me wearing my favourite activewear brand, Sweaty Betty. Their bum sculpting leggings have become my new favourites. I have to say, I feel really good in them. They're just cut beautifully. And best of all, their leggings are built to last. They use high quality and durable fabrics. I actually have a pair of Sweaty Betty leggings from a couple of years ago that I still use and love. So Sweaty Betty are offering listeners 20% off when you enter the promo code KarmaU on their website. So you can head over to sweatybetty.com forward slash podcasts and enter the code KarmaU, that's C-A-L-M-E-R-Y-O-U, and you get 20% off. Definitely check out their stuff. I think you're going to love it. Welcome, Zana. Thank you so much for joining me today. How Thank are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm very good. Happy to be here. I'm really excited <laughs> to speak to you. Can you tell us, for people that don't know what you do and how you got to where you are today? These are big questions and questions that I often find quite challenging to answer because my job is hard to define. I tend to say blogger and business owner because I blog across different platforms and I own multiple businesses. That tends to cover all the bases. I'll go into more detail on that later. But in terms of how I got here... I qualified as an SLT, a speech language therapist, five years ago. So I did a four-year degree in speech science. Two years into that degree, I started my fitness blog, in inverted commas. It was more social media platforms. And then when I left university, I created an actual concrete blog. And then I started pursuing blogging as a career about a year later when I started to realise that it could be a career. But back then, when I first started, like seven years ago, it definitely wasn't something that I saw as being a career I am somebody who's always been online. I was blogging from the age of 15. So I did a fashion blog for a couple of years, beauty blog for a couple of years, not ever for money for anything, basically just because I enjoyed it. I've always been an online person. I used to code web pages. I used to do like shoddy online graphic design. I used to be a gamer. Like the internet was my happy place for most of my teenage years. So even when I studied speech therapy and I got into science, I always saw the internet as like where I went for my fun. So it's amazing that now online is my job and like being a social media creator and owning online businesses is what I do. So it kind of felt like destiny. That's amazing. That's amazing <laughs> from such a young age that you were so entrepreneurial and just trying things. And... Yeah, I like I remember when I was like 15, there was this platform called Bebo, like a social media platform. And I used to, my friends used to pay me and I would make them like banners for their profiles and stuff. Wow. I'd like do graphic design for their Bebo profiles on paint. Mm. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm like such a little online nerd. <laughs> so you were a trailblazer from an early age, basically. You could say that or you could just say somebody with too much time on their hands. <laughs> <laughs> 
Amazing. One of the things I really wanted to talk about to you is your work with activism and talking about the environment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's something that I hear all the time from people that it's a source of anxiety and also it's something that they want to do something about. Yes. I get questions like from people feeling that they feel very alone with it because they want to, you know, they're worried about it. They want to make a change, but maybe their family or friends don't. Yeah. Can you just start off by telling us how you got interested in your work in environmental Yeah, that's areas. like such a valid question as well, all of those subjects. I feel like I felt the same, so we can definitely talk about this. But in terms of how I got into it, it actually started, I watched this documentary called Before the Flood. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yes, um, yeah. Good old Leo Leonardo DiCaprio presented it. And I watched that and I was like, wow, we've got a bit of a, a bleak future ahead. And in that moment, I thought I'm going to start making some changes. So off the back of that um, documentary, I stopped eating red meat. And I remember saying on my social media, oh, I'm just going to stop eating red meat. No worry. Don't worry. I'll never be vegetarian. I'll never be vegan. Well, here I am two years later, vegan. So I kind of just did that for the planet. And then I thought I was doing everything I could by being plant-based because I just thought like that was the ultimate thing you could do for the planet. Little did I know there's like a bazillion things you can do for the planet. And I started to learn those over the course of the next few years. I got a little bit obsessive about learning about it. This is the sort of person that I am, that when I get interested in something, I just delve deep mm-hmm. into it. And I started subscribing to all like the environmental newsletters. I was reading the Guardian environmental pages every single day. And I just realised... I'm feeling a little bit scared about this whole scenario. So I'd like to try and use my platform for good and to raise awareness. So I started like gently drip dropping little environmental nuggets into my social media and it went down really well. So now it's probably like one third of my content is environmental content, which is a huge proportion of what I do. So yeah, I'm really, really passionate about it. Mm, (laughs) I think it's amazing. And I'm, I'm curious what happened when you made that transition and started talking about that more. How do people respond to that? Because... I've been a vegetarian my whole life and I, you know, I don't, you know, judge other people for eating other things. I really, you know, don't care. I don't, I don't try and persuade people to be vegetarian, but I often find that people, I don't know, are a bit funny about the whole topic. They feel attacked maybe on that sort of thing. So what was your experience with, with that? Yeah. You know what? I had two different experiences. My online experience was better than my in-person experience because online people were just happy to see me using my platform for good. Mm. And they're like, oh, I've never thought about that. I've never heard about that. Like, this is amazing that you're talking about these subjects. And I started talking about it maybe three years ago, which is before like the big hype right now, the Blue Planet effect, which has happened recently. Mm. So I felt like there wasn't that many people talking about it. People were just excited that I was talking about it. But then in person, it was definitely a different story. My mum was like, when's this phase going to end? And like, my boyfriend was like, oh, so you're not eating meat now? And it just kind of, and my friends, I could tell they kind of felt a bit on edge. And they were like, do you mind if I eat meat in front of you? Do you mind if I do this? Like, oh, don't judge me because I've got a takeaway coffee cup. And I kind of felt like people worried that I was judging them in person. And it's in reality, like, I might think in my head, oh, I wish you would get a reusable coffee cup Mm. but I'm never going to say anything I'm never going to pass judgment to you and say something to you so yeah online was fine in person I felt like people were a little bit worried but now that I've been doing it like for three years since I started really caring about the planet people like in person don't really care and like they know that I'm not going to judge them I'm not going to pass judgment so yeah it's been interesting actually and over time online it's got worse and in person it's got better so it's been like two different trajectories so online even though now I'm doing more than I've ever done for the planet, the expectations are higher on me because I've been talking about it for a while. So there's a lot of like, well, you're not doing enough. 
well, you're a hypocrite because you still do this. And I'm kind of like, what frustrates me about this is if I was a blogger who was a fast fashion blogger who ate beef every meal and ate out of a disposable carton every meal, nobody would say anything because that's all I'd ever done. But because now I care and I've made changes, people are like, well, why haven't you made this change? Why haven't you made this change? And I'm like, wait a second, why am I the one who's getting called out when there's people who are doing nothing and nobody says anything? I kind of feel like something's better than nothing and at least I'm making a positive change. So that's something which I've definitely struggled with over the past maybe 18 months. People being like, well, it's not enough. And I kind of feel like that attitude of saying it's not enough is going to put off people who haven't done anything. We have to stop demonising people who are trying to do something for good, even if they're not perfect, because otherwise people who haven't done anything to try and support the planet are not going to do it at all because they're scared of criticism. So I think this whole, there is, let me be real, 90% of the comments I get are supportive, 95% are supportive and lovely, but there's still that 5% who are like, why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done that? So that's what I currently find to be the struggle with talking about the planet. But I know, I know that I am doing more than the vast majority of population. So I know in myself that I'm happy with what I'm doing. And it's just a case of realising like, I'm never going to please everybody and I try and take on board any criticism people have. Like if it's constructive and they say it nicely, say it nicely, I'll listen. Mm. But if you make 40 new accounts just to leave more hate comments because I've blocked you and then leave them in capital letters telling me that I'm a liar and a hypocrite, which happened last week. Oh my gosh. I literally woke up every single morning to like between 30 and 40 new comments from this account. I was like, wow, you're really not making me change my attitude. You're just making me more annoyed at you. It's crazy. It's really crazy. There's there's a way of suggesting people can improve, and that wasn't the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you're so right about the perfectionism thing. Mm. This this sense that we have these unrealistic expectations on people, and it's impossible to live perfectly. Um, Not in 2019. In terms right? of the environment, <laughs> everything you we buy, everything we use has. If you trace it back, sadly, there's some horrible story about it being made. You know, oh, in another country and people yeah. getting exploited and even our smartphones i was reading an article yesterday which was saying data centers which hold the data that's on our phone are set to overtake transportation system in terms of the energy usage or something oh, wow. like we are using so much data and like so much energy storing our data in these like massive like in inverted commas clouds which mm. are in the sky which are actually huge things in valleys like huge buildings powered by electricity and nobody thinks about that. They're like, oh, well, why are you still driving a car? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And I'm like, you're using a smartphone, mate. You're still contributing. We're all contributing. Every second of every day, every action we take is contributing. And like, don't see that as a scary thing. See that as a positive thing that we can control our actions. But we are all having an impact. Nobody's perfect. And we just have to embrace doing the best that we can. For yeah, sure. absolutely. I think that thing about not... Um just being a bit kinder to each other if we're going to call each other out on things yes. or criticize do it in a kinder way and remember that we're not perfect you know if you are vegan mm. you might drive a diesel car, car yeah. or something there's always going to be something and so we can't there's no way that we can really I mean we shouldn't judge each other anyway but we definitely shouldn't judge each other about these sorts of things exactly because it it can always become so overwhelming that you just think oh I'm not going to bother just that's too much just bury our heads in the sand yes and not the do effect yeah you get kind of like paralyzed into inaction that's the thing like there's two ways it can go so you might watch this documentary called cowspiracy which talks about the planet and you can either watch it and go holy moly i need to change my lifestyle or you can go that's too much we're doomed anyway i'm not going to do anything 
And I kind of feel like we need to choose the former option of those two, because if we choose the latter, nothing's going to change. And we kind of need like really quite urgent change, like massive urgent change in the next 12 years. So we all need to get on board in some way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And, you know, I think it takes courage to face up to these things and we can do it, but we do need to perhaps, well, we definitely need to go through the discomfort of actually realising you know, maybe that our addiction to fast fashion needs to change, but it definitely mm-hmm. needs to change. Mm-hmm. Or the fact that we are always buying things in little plastic tubes and yeah, yeah, all these yeah. things. And I'm sure there are people listening that are feeling those def- that defensiveness rise up because none of us really wants to be wrong. Yes. None of us wants to... And it's hard to face up to that. And I know exactly what that feels like. You know, when I'm criticised, I get that as yes. well. We all do. But just for people listening, just to, as much as possible, just be curious about this and have an open mind and don't judge yourself or make yourself wrong, but just start to educate yourself. Yeah, and I think there's a, we should see it as an inquisitive thing to question whether what we've been told is true, is actually true. I was doing a talk the other day and I said like, for me, eating a more plant-based diet was the first step of me questioning what I'd been told to believe. Because I'd always been told that we have to eat meat to get protein or we have to eat meat to be healthy. And when I realized that we didn't have to do that, I was like, wow, what other things have I been told that I don't quite believe? And then once you start doing that, you stop seeing it as a criticism of your lifestyle. You start seeing it as a questioning of what we've been told and the condition that we've been given. It's not about you. It's n- you're not wrong. You've just been raised to believe a certain thing or do a certain thing. And we've never been told to question these things. So don't criticise yourself for doing something which you want to now change. It's just a case of learning about, oh, is my lifestyle in line with my beliefs and my morality and what I want to imp- how I want to impact the world? Maybe it isn't. I'm not a bad person because I've been living this way, but I'm somebody who is open to learning and open to change. So let's start that journey, you know? Definitely, definitely. So being, being open to it, but not, but not beating ourselves up about yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. And one of the messages that I hope people take away from this episode is that we can take our anxiety about it and we can turn that into some action. And actually, probably women have more of a tendency to do this than men, but we tend to ruminate over things and not take action Mm -hmm. for fear of making the wrong choice or for fear of what other people might think. And actually, just taking a bit of action will alleviate, you know, some of that anxiety because we know we're part of the change. Exactly. And I think... There is a lot of eco-anxiety, there is a lot of fear, and it's very natural to feel a little bit terrified when you start learning about climate change and the trajectory that we're currently on. But I think we can turn that fear into positive action, and we shouldn't be afraid of being afraid, because I think that fear is your motivation, that is your push to do positive actions and to talk to other people and to spread the message. So embrace the fear and use it for good. I love that idea of not being afraid to be afraid because I think we often want to not feel whatever we're feeling. We numb ourselves, we escape, we, you know, just watch Netflix so that we don't have to think about things. Um, But actually allowing ourselves to feel the feelings Mm -hmm. and it's completely, I think, natural to feel that way. It's natural to feel scared because actually we, I think we're so disconnected. Well, we are disconnected from the natural world. Oh, yeah. And we know what's happening, I think, even subconsciously. We know that that disconnection and the fact that we're not, we're not treating our home right. And that is going to create a subtle underlying anxiety anyway. And I think so true. we should listen to that. And actually, we need to listen and take action. Do you experience eco-anxiety? 
this weekend I experienced eco-anxiety. I tend to, I'm like self-regulating because I know that I can get very overwhelmed by the situation that we're in. And I've kind of drowned myself in information about climate change over the past few years. And there's been times when every single day I was reading the environmental pages of the newspaper and I was subscribing to newsletters and I was learning about this, learning about that. And I was like, oh my God, every single day I'm being bombarded with this information about the state of our planet. And it's very overwhelming. And in those periods, I definitely experienced eco-anxiety. And this past weekend, I watched a documentary called Climate Change the Facts. I watched a documentary called Our Planet. And I also started a new book called The Uninhabitable Earth. That was a lot to do in one weekend. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the weekend, last night, Sunday night, I was like, wow, I feel really scared for the future Mm. (laughs) of humanity. Mm. But I don't often give myself that much exposure to everything that's happening because I don't need that much to be motivated to change. If you're somebody who isn't motivated at all to change, like, I mean, go on, read the articles, get the fear and use it for good. But if you're somebody who's already making changes, don't overwhelm yourself every single day just because you want to learn more because you're literally going to, you could paralyze yourself into inaction, right? Mm. You'll be so scared that you do nothing. So just get a little dose every now and then of what you need to know to have the knowledge of what's currently happening and to keep yourself motivated, but not to scare yourself into inaction, Mm. for sure. Okay, okay, that's such good advice. Yeah, because I'm sure there's two types of people listening, people that have eco-anxiety and almost want to maybe be reassured. Yeah. I don't know if we can really reassure, but it's about what can we do? And then people that maybe aren't even thinking about it that much or have buried their heads in the sand and actually maybe this is going to be not to make them anxious, but just to be an invitation to start to look into that a bit more and educate themselves. if If you are listening to this and you don't really care about the planet, please just get involved. Please. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a pretty dire situation on our hands. So I'd really appreciate it if you could just read a few articles and open your eyes and not allow yourself to sit in a state of blissful ignorance because we can't be affording to do that anymore. We have like 12 years to really make a rapid turnaround and every single one of us needs to be in the same boat. So please hop in that boat with me. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I think probably, I suspect most of the people listening, people with anxiety tend to be sensitive, sensitive souls and probably yeah. are quite aware of this sort of thing anyway. And we can use that sensitivity. We're often called snowflakes, the millennial generation, oh, actually. Yeah. That sensitivity can be useful because actually we're the ones that are going to use our care to change things and make the world better. Exactly. So we can be strong snowflakes, I think. I like that. Just in terms of veganism and things. Yes. And I read a stat recently, I think it was in The Guardian, that 51% of greenhouse emissions come from meat and dairy. Yes. Those industries. That's yes quite shocking I think yeah people don't realize that I think the majority of people don't they just think that. it's like cars and planes yeah but in reality yeah animal agriculture is a huge 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 contributing factor to climate change and the thing is it goes far beyond emissions the reason why I personally believe that animal agriculture is the biggest challenge that our current current population is facing along with fossil fuels is the fact that it has so many other impacts beyond emissions. So your 91% of Amazon rainforest deforestation has come from cattle. So 91% of what's been chopped down of the Amazon rainforest is due to animal agriculture. Just let that sink in. 91%. Mm. That's a lot. And then also it pollutes waterways. It leads to desertification of land after it's been grazed on. It leads to... Oh, I just lost my last statistic. (laughs) 
Well, let's talk about cows farting. I mean, I mean, sounds like a joke, but it actually is a massive. No, it thing. is because they release methane, mm. um, which is I can't remember how many times more powerful it is than carbon dioxide, but it's like at least four, if not more, times more powerful than carbon dioxide in terms of its impact as a greenhouse gas and the warming effects on the planet. So there's also problems with like the huge quantities of waste that are produced by the animals which we raise for meat and that has nowhere to go so it ends up going onto the land surrounding people. I was reading a book recently, a really, really good book actually, I recommend it, it's called Farmageddon and it talks about the impacts of like on local people's lives who live near different kinds of industrial farming. So it takes it away from just animal suffering because if you're not really into animals that might not make a connection for you but if you're a humanitarian and you care about human rights there's so many impacts of animal culture on humans that are actually really, really detrimental. And we don't ever realise it. Like there's areas in South America where they do all the anchovy farming. So for example, they basically fish millions and millions of anchovies, which is then ground up into meal, which is fed to cattle or to larger farmed fish. And these people are not eating any fish because all of their food source is being exported away from them. And they literally have like no food left for themselves and they're all getting malnourished and developing different diseases and you're like wow why is nobody talking about this Mm. nobody is talking about this it's like the cloth has been pulled over our eyes and nobody's questioning where this meat comes from i don't know but animal agriculture is something which also i think we can see it as an empowering thing because it's something which we can change three times a day right so yeah you can change your energy supplier to be a renewable energy supplier please do that but that's one change that you make. Okay, that's one change. But what you eat every single day is something which you do minimum three times a day, if you're like me, like six times a day. So what you're eating every day is an action that you can take towards positive change. So if you Mm. can eat less meat and eat more plants, you're literally every single day acting towards supporting the planet, which I think is an awesome, empowering thing to do. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we're so disconnected from where our food comes from. We just see yeah. milk in the supermarket with pictures of happy cows in a field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just are really disconnected from that. And if I think if we knew more about where food came from, we would make very different decisions. Yeah, it's like every single thing that is in that supermarket has a whole chain reaction which led to it being there. And as you said, there's a whole disconnection of how plants are grown so my dad is a farmer he grows plants and when I'm at home I did a little tour my Instagram stories a few months back of his little greenhouse and like garden patch and showed like how broccoli grows and how butternut squash grows and what asparagus looks like when it comes out the ground and people were messaging me like I have never seen a broccoli plant in my life I don't know that's that that is what a broccoli plant looked like I'm like wow there's just we just don't even know what food is people think like broccoli grows on trees I'm like no (laughs) like grows out the plant like a little bulb (laughs) so it just there is such a disconnection and the more that we can connect with everything that we're consuming and where it comes from the more conscious we'll be with our consumption for sure Mm -hmm. it's interesting i went to a talk recently about nature relatedness have you heard this term before it basically means how much we feel that we are a part of nature Okay. And the more kind of connected to nature we are, the more we remember that actually human beings, we're animals, we are, we come from nature. Yeah, yeah. Um, we think of ourselves as separate, but the more we can accept that and recognise that, the happier we are yeah. and the calmer we are. And so it has all these benefits to our mental health to kind of yeah. reconnect to the fact that we're part of nature. So, you yeah, know, this, yeah. doing this work to educate ourselves can have that benefit as well when we remember 
Yeah, I think there's a, it's very easy to become disconnected from nature nowadays, especially like we live in London. You're in this little box. I can see some trees outside my window, but that's about it. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? The rest of my life is like concrete. So you forget the fact that like where we are right now, this used to be forest. This used to be land, which was like farmed or something. And now it's just concrete jungle. So I think we definitely need to reconnect ourselves with nature. I actually talk a lot on um, my social media about green space because mm. I think every single day I get at least 10 to 30 minutes of green space where I'll just like go sit in the park or walk in the park or just like look at a blossom, anything. Yes. Because <laughs> otherwise you get lost in this like yeah. crazy London city life and you forget that we are an animal. I think we have a superiority complex that like we're better than everything else. And I mean, we are pretty awesome, but... We are animals and we have to take responsibility for actions. And like the planet has given so much to us. It has given us life. And I think the way that I see being environmentally friendly or trying to be, live a little bit more eco-conscious is like paying rent, right? So we get given this life to live. We get to live on this planet for free. Why can't we pay rent by trying to be a little bit more conscious and look after our home? Mm-hmm. We pay, I pay rent for this flat. I should pay rent to the planet by being a little bit more conscious with how I live and consume. I love that idea because I think we, we're we in the mindset of just what can we take? Yeah, we take, what take, What can take. we take? Just taking, <laughs> not actually giving anything. Gosh. So what do you think of Extinction Rebellion? You know what? I think they're great. Yeah. I think a lot of people are hating on Extinction Rebellion, but I actually went to one of their protests in London. I went to the one in Oxford Circus, only for an hour, because that's all. I was a bit really busy working that week, but I popped along, had a little dance spread some good vibes, tried to save the planet with a nice group of awesome people. But I feel like, yes, they disrupted travel. They disrupted Londoners. But let's be real, like, what's happening to the planet is going to be much more disruptive than a few people being late for work. So I think what they're doing is amazing. It's raised consciousness. It's raised awareness. It's got people in the news talking about climate change. And that was the impact that they wanted. And they've achieved that. So I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I first heard of them a few, maybe even only a few months ago. It yeah, seems like it's all just exploded they're really like quickly. Eight months old, mate. Wow. They're literally such a new organisation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've done a lot. They were in the newspapers every day, weren't they? And you know, it's raised people's awareness. And I'm sure I read something yesterday about how people are googling climate change. You know, yeah. There's been a massive spike in the number of people that are just looking into that. So that's, that's a positive great. thing. And I think also. Um, that Greta Thunberg. Oh my gosh. Oh, what an amazing girl. Yeah. Like, she is doing awesome things. And I think she's like, there was a post that I saw this morning. I wish I could remember what it said. It said something like, you know, we're in a tricky, in a tricky situation when children are acting like leaders and leaders are acting like children. Oh and it just yeah. made me realise like, mm. she is literally being a leader. Like mm. that generation are the ones who are going to suffer for our choices. And she's just like, I'm not going to take this. And she's fighting back and good on her because like people listen to children yeah, it was like, I don't know, 20, 30-year-old Londoners. Everybody's like, yeah, you're all opinionated. Mm. But when a child stands up for what they believe in and they, like, miss school and they do a protest, it's like, damn, like, this is a serious situation. So I'm a huge fan of what she's doing. Like, she's an awesome little girl and she's changing the world. Like, what a legacy she's going to have. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. And yet she's come under horrible criticism and had death threats and all these things. Has she? Yes, death threats to her family. Goodness. People talking about, I don't know, her privileged background doesn't give her a position to speak in or something I don't know it's terrible God, everybody loves to hate don't they I know I know <laughs> I know anyway I'm rooting for her as well um there was a um, a bit of artwork that Banksy did you see this Banksy's no. in Marble Arch where Extinction Rebellion were 
having their, their pitch. There's an image and he's written a quote, from this moment, despair ends and tactics begin. And all like that was that. just a good, a like good message. I like that because we need to, I know this is a podcast about anxiety and I don't want you guys to feel too anxious but as we said, use the energy for good and we need to talk tactics, we need to talk change. We can't just sit here and be quivering in our boots. We need to be actually doing something. So I really, really like that quote. Mm, absolutely, yeah. What can we do? Can we talk about what we can actually do? Yeah, of course we can. I know one thing that I have been a part of your um, Facebook group for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are 12,000 yeah, people there. Yeah, 13,000 now. And it's um, Living Consciously Crew. On Facebook. Feel free yeah. to come and join. That is like my little baby, that group. It's basically like a judgment-free place to go and talk about living a more conscious lifestyle. And if you're somebody who literally hasn't even dipped their toe into the Living Consciously world, that is a great place for you to go because it's judgment-free. Nobody's going to like criticise you for what you're doing. Nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to shame you for not doing enough. It's such a supportive network of people and I moderate it. So if you see any nastiness, just tell me, but I haven't seen anything in like six months. It's all just been so lovely and positive in Mm. there. So if you're somebody who wants to know more about how to live more eco-friendly, that's a great place to start. But in terms of my personal tips, I mean, there's so many things, but I think the main thing, number one, educate yourself about what's going on. I have a resources page on my website uk forward slash resources that has all the books articles podcasts and documentaries i've read and watched which i think are really informative and educational i think they're a great place to start the second thing is to talk about it and i think you have to raise awareness of other people you have so much impact because if you start talking about reducing plastic usage in your office and you have 10 people on your desk and they all get a reusable coffee cup and they use a single-use coffee cup every single day of the year. You've saved thousands of coffee cups just by you talking to your desk about reusable coffee cups. So don't think that you don't have an impact because every single person can have such a huge ripple effect. So the next thing is talk about the environment and talk about the changes that you're making. Changes to make, I mean, there's a lot. There's things like reducing plastic usage, eating more plants, eating less meat, looking for renewable energy, reducing travel in terms of trying to use public transport rather than just driving in your car on your own, etc, etc. There's a million and one things to do in terms of that, so I might not to delve into all of that. And the next thing, the final most important thing, is to get involved in political change. So sign petitions. When you see them on Facebook, if your friend shares a petition about declaring a climate emergency, that's a current petition that's going around, sign it just sign it. It takes two minutes of your time, but that petition could lead to a policy change. So get involved in that. If you can see an Extinction Rebellion protest, go along to it. I know it sounds scary to be a part of something like that, but ultimately individual action is important, but political change is what's going to save the world. So we need to be a supporter of political change. And if your local MP says, we're going to bring in this new recycling scheme, support that. Like any political change, support that. Because when we want something, they listen. So when we, the individuals who live in the UK, are all starting to get more hashtag woke and we want things to happen for positive change, politicians will listen. But if we don't show them that we care, they're not going to change. So that's my main things you can do. I think that's such an important point because, yes, we can stop using coffee cups, but actually it's got to come from the highest levels of real change in terms of our governments. And up until now... Things haven't been popular enough with people yeah. in order for the governments to risk coming out and saying they're going to do this because they wouldn't get elected. And so governments are trying to get elected, aren't they? Yeah, it's things um, like even the whole 
say after Blue Planet 2 came out and FB started caring about plastic, the whole EU single-use plastic policies that started happening. Mm. That's because of one TV series. And that's because the general consensus and consciousness in the UK changed and people demanded change. So it just shows that when we want things and we share that we want change and we talk about it on social media, we talk about it with our friends, we demand changes in our workplace, then people higher up in the system listen, but we have to demand change or it's not going to happen. One of the questions that came in um, before this, before recording this, that people wanted me to ask you was around how to sort of talk about things without... I don't know, how do you deal with what other people are going to think when you start talking about that? And the kind of the criticism or the arguments, people, I think a lot of people listening to this, you know, a lot of us are people pleasers. We don't want yeah, to yeah, yeah. upset other people. We don't want to get into debates because, yeah. you know, that's maybe, yeah, something that scares us. So how do we have those conversations? Or is it about leading by example, do you think? That is the most important thing, mm. leading by example. And I think... For me, in my personal life, I have never preached to any of my friends. I've never, like, sat down at a dinner party with my friends who consume a lot of animal products and said, like, you shouldn't be eating that. Do you know what I mean? I've never Mm. said that. Mm. But I've just said when I go to a dinner party, hey, do you think you could have a vegan option available for me? That would be great. And then they all try the vegan option and they're like, wow, that's delicious. And then they say, why are you eating this? And then they ask the questions. Rather than me forcing my opinion and the changes that I'm making upon them, they're saying, oh, why are you doing that? And then you say, I usually say, do you really want to know? (laughs) And Mm. then when they say, yeah, I really want to know, then I tell them why. Mm. But it's more a good thing. Yeah. Lead by example and allow people to ask you why you're doing what you're doing rather than forcing it upon them. You say, hey, look, I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm living my best life. I'm also, you know, saving the planet over here. Why don't you join me? I think that's the best way to do it rather than forcing it down people's throats. Although if you do want to go to a protest, it's a really good thing to do. Yeah, 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 definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I didn't make it to the Extinction Rebellion one because I was away, but I did give them some money to help them bail people out of jail. Oh, okay, do good. that if you can't make it to the, the yeah, protest. Cheeky donation. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so leading by example and just, you know, people are going to be naturally curious. Oh, where do you get yeah. that coffee cup from? Or, oh, yeah, unless yeah, you're yeah. vegan, like, can I try some? And then you can, if they are curious and asking, then you can share things. But mm. I think vegans have come they've got kind of a bad reputation for being people that preachy but actually a lot of them aren't and there are some but a lot of them aren't the vast majority of them aren't but it's I guess that no one wants to be preached at no one wants to be criticized you're literally calling into question their life choices Mm. like that is not a fun thing to happen no so people don't want to be criticized so yeah as I said like lead by example and just when if somebody says to you like oh why have you got a reusable coffee cup don't be like well, did you know that the world is falling apart as a result of single-use coffee cups? Be like, mm. actually, I found out, really interestingly, there's an article about this, and I didn't even realise that actually reusable coffee, single-use coffee cups can't be recycled because of the plastic lining. Did you even mm. know that? Like, mm. make it interesting rather than being, like, critical. Mm. I think that's the thing. If you share it as if, like, it's a new, interesting piece of knowledge, and I never even knew about this before, then people are learning with you. Rather than you preaching at them, they're learning with you. And I feel like that feels much more empowering then feeling like you've been criticised, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> love that. I spoke to one of my friends. One of my friends is a lecturer at Queen Mary University, Dr Emily Lines, and she basically, like, lectures on environmental things. Oh, she's much more qualified than I am. Well, no, well, <laughs> we did this. Um, we were on holiday together recently in America, 
And I was trying to get her to, to reassure me that it was all going to be okay. And she was like, no, Chloe, I can't reassure you that it's going to be okay, but this is what you can do. And a lot of the things we've mentioned, but she mentioned how important it is for us to try and preserve the rainforest that we have rather than planting more trees. I mean, we should plant more trees, but the rainforests are much better at um, absorbing carbon than a kind of a baby tree would be. And also the biodiversity that exists in rainforests is yeah. the most biodiverse area in the world. Yeah. So when we lose rainforests, we lose thousands of species that go extinct. So yeah, yeah. it's not even just for carbon absorption, it's also mm. just for biodiversity. Mm. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. So if people are wanting to, I don't know, give some money to offset their flight or something, preserving Rain, the rainforest. rainforest. Alliance. <laughs> okay, is that, is that what you'd recommend? Are there certain things Rainforest you... Alliance are great. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing yeah. awesome stuff for conserving rainforests. So. Yeah, okay. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. This has been so interesting. I'm so grateful for everything that you're doing and for sharing this and being brave enough to to do it so publicly and inspiring people. I think um, yeah, it's, it's really helpful. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's terrifying when there's like so many people just watching, like waiting for you to do something wrong. Okay. So, yeah. 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 I actually did a post of the day. Do you see my post about flying? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a long time overdue. It was like a big elephant in the room. Yeah. I kept getting messages about that. That's what was what I was getting hate about recently because obviously as part of my job, I am a travel blogger. I'm a fitness and travel blogger. I travel. Mm -hmm. So I traveled actually to do a swimwear shoot for my, I have a a swimwear brand. It's called Stay Wild Swim and it's made of recycled ocean plastic. So it's made from mostly fish and nets and we turn that into swimwear. It's beautiful, beautiful stuff, I have to say. Thank you. I'm like super, super proud of it. So we went to shoot that swimwear in the Maldives. We went there for multiple reasons. Number one, I needed to go back to the Maldives because I recently had a traumatic life experience in the Maldives. I needed to like go back and make peace with there because Mm. it was scary last time I was there it's an amazing place don't hold it against it but I almost died and then also my friend Natalie who I co-own Stay Wild Swim with she'd never been to the Maldives I knew a hotel there I was friends with them it kind of just felt like a logical thing to do for us to go and shoot the swimwear collection there anyway I got so much criticism for going people like why are you flying to the Maldives so bad for the planet this and that and I'm kind of like I am not perfect I, I am not perfect and I know flying isn't great, but I try and offset that trip that I did to the Maldives by doing 20 billion other things that I try and do to support the planet. And as we were saying at the start of the podcast, like if people jump on me and criticise me for, talk, for flying to the Maldives to shoot my sustainable swimwear brand, and actually I had meetings with the hotel about how they could be more eco-friendly. I was talking to them about how they can switch their sun cream to be a reef-safe sun cream, what products they should be using in their bathroom so that people can go into the water after using the shower gel etc because if you don't know if you like go into the ocean with a regular sun cream on that can actually damage the coral reefs so it's about educating the hotels about the fact that like they need to make sure people are using reef safe sun cream etc so we were having a positive impact while we're out there but I still got so much criticism for going and it just kind of made me realize like I'm never gonna please everyone even if I am trying my damn hardest to have a positive impact and to every time I travel do it with a purpose and like help the hotel or raise awareness of some sort of issue while I'm there. I'm never going to please people. So that has been a uh, recent challenge mm. that I've had. Mm. <laughs> I saw that post and I thought that was just a really beautiful example of being able just to be open about something, yeah. addressing a, a you know criticism in a very honest way and bravely kind of just sharing your truth. And I thought that was a great example of 
of doing that, you know, you weren't being defensive about it. No. You weren't... Um, I wasn't angry. You know, arguing back. It was just, you know, honest and, and I just stated well, the facts. Good post. Yeah, I loved it. Thanks. No, I thought I was going to get a lot more hate on that post. I maybe got two hate comments and about 600 nice ones. Mm. So I was like, all right. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I think I've done the right thing here by talking about this because I felt like I'd avoided it for so long for fear of being attacked. Yeah. So I was really, really glad that I spoke about it. But yeah, I just kind of feel like... If you are going to criticise somebody, do it nicely. Because I had a few people DM me and say, hey, I'm just wondering why you flew to the Maldives to mm. shoot your swimwear collection. And I was like, hey, this is my reasons why. But if you go and leave a horrible comment on my social media, I'm not going to respond to you. Mm. And I'm going to feel defensive. So it's just a way of like approaching people and trying to influence them to do something more positive or to think about their actions, you know? Yeah, yeah. And being curious again, rather than making an assumption about someone. That's so often what yeah. we do, we make assumptions and kind of charge in to sort of tell someone what we think but actually we don't know you know the whole story or what's going on um exactly so being curious and yeah no one is doing this perfectly and if we silence the people that are doing it well but imperfectly no one's gonna we're not gonna have any voices talking about the things that are important yeah it made me scared it made me literally scared to talk Mm. about sustainability because every time I did I'd get called out about flying Mm. and I was like this is not healthy situation because I have such a platform here and people waiting for me to talk about this subject and I feel scared to talk about it Mm. so that's why I did the post because I was like I don't want to be held back by fear of criticism yeah and I'm doing more than most so Mm. yeah and I didn't feel any guilt in myself I knew that I was doing my best but it just I knew that judgment was there I needed to address it yeah anyway I hope that this podcast has actually been empowering for people Mm. I, I know that as you said it's for people with anxiety but don't feel anxious feel empowered Mm -hmm. feel like you have the impact like you have the power to literally create so much change and to impact so many people like the example that I gave with the coffee cup like you can have such a ripple effect on the people around you and every single person who takes a positive action is supporting change to support our planet so just get involved yeah yeah yeah, yeah, definitely and you know this podcast also about being brave and facing up to things and speaking up and that sort of thing so you know I think all of this is really relevant so okay awesome thank you thank you where can people find out more about you and what you're doing and and what projects you're working on at the moment um you can find me on social media at zana van dyke so zana van d-i-j-k people seem to really struggle with my name i've got youtube i've got instagram i've got twitter i've got facebook i've got a blog i've got a newsletter and then also my swimwear company is called Stay Wild Swim, so at Stay Wild Swim. And yeah, we do a lot of content on our Stay Wild Swim website, which is about living more sustainably. Um, so you can definitely check out that blog and that has like, I don't know, 20 or 30 articles about different swaps you can make in different areas of your life. So that's a great place to get information. And then finally, the Living Consciously crew on Facebook. Come and join. It's a lovely community. Everybody's so kind, so supportive and not judgmental at all. So you'll get all the support that you need to try and live a little bit more eco-friendly. Yeah, and just to reiterate that, I love the Facebook group. Just really good tips on, I don't know. Everything. Shampoo bars, the best shampoo bars. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Just really practical things that we can all be getting involved in. Yeah, like which energy provider can I go to? Yeah. How do I get out of my current energy provider if I'm locked in and all this sort of stuff? Mm. Like people literally share so much information in there. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Thank you so much for talking to me. Hey, yeah, thanks really for having me, guys. This. I hope you all enjoyed it. <laughs> So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you found it informative and inspiring. I would love to know what you think. Come and let me know over on Instagram. You can find me at Chloe Brotheridge. 
And if you've enjoyed this podcast, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes or the podcast app on your iPhone and just leave a quick review. It should take two minutes and it makes such a difference to this podcast reaching more people. Another thing that you could do to spread the word is perhaps take a screen grab of it and share it on social media or send it to a friend that might benefit from this episode too. Thank you so much for listening. I'm sending you loads of love and I hope you have a great week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.